0: Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience Presented by Onyx
1: So yeah,
0: so the question was How did we start Born and Raised? Yeah yeah. So in 2007 is when we, when we started filming and I could do the long answer or the short answer, but the medium answer, how about that for, for this question is um, we've always wanted to do a film. We always wanted to, we live in Roosevelt country um, around on the Oregon coast here, and we'd never really seen a film on Roosevelt's. There was a couple things out there that had Roosevelt hunting in it, but um, not like a how-to or, a lengthy you know with multiple elk on it or anything like that and so what we did is uh we decided well we're gonna need some help and so we started getting together as buddies and um anyway it was me and trevor and cody and cody met ty or knew of ty at the time and um anyway and then trevor was gone to dental school and so cody and ty they live we live about an hour and a half away from each other He, um, they kind of teamed up because we hunted every single evening. That's the way we got the footage. We hunted every, we hunted 28 days out of 30. So, but we had to also, all of us had full-time jobs. So we would work all day and then right at, right when we got off work, we'd all meet up and go hunting and every single evening and then every single weekend as well so it's that's the way it started and we got you know we got the footage we realized wow this is not easy it's not not an easy task to do so but um that's when we first made our, our very first video um in in 07 and um uh, I think it was 08 or whenever it was right after that we started and then we had to learn how to edit it. You know, and Cody did a great job. He kind of dove in and, and learned how to edit and, and it was just a self-taught deal from the start pretty much.
1: And uh, that first
0: video was tagged out, correct? Correct. Yeah. We all killed yeah. both last two days of season, I think, or three days of season. We all ended up killing it out. So it came together, but it was a long journey.
1: Yeah. You guys stuff is the first Roosevelt stuff I've like, really watched and stuff and mm-hmm. it's a totally different game than like what i'm used to like a lot of it for us is especially when we're filming and there's only two of us is glassing and then stalking and yep using bugles to stalk and uh but mostly using our eyes and i was watching uh i think land of the free one when i first watched it was casey shot that bullet six yards and i was like yeah. yeah i i don't hunt anywhere where i'm if I'm shooting six yards, I've seen the bull coming from like 80 yards. Right. Right. So, no, it's, it's pretty thick
0: over here in places. Some, some places you can air it out pretty good, but it's uh yeah, most of the time you're using that top pin a lot of times.
1: At least it's nice, you know, in a certain sense. I mean, I'm sure there's pros and cons just like correct. everything, but
0: yeah. No, I, I love hunting over here it's uh yeah it's been lately it's a lot of pay to play kind of stuff you know we have a lot of private timber companies is mainly the ground that we get to hunt on so anyway we you know sometimes you have to get a permit or whatever if you want to access a lot of stuff but um, but it's just a man it's a whole different t- type of hunting you do it the same way we do the same exact way between roosevelt's and rocky mountain elk but we just have you know it's just different terrain different a whole different show in this kind of real thick thick woods here
1: so yeah it it beautiful scenery going yeah. in the timber of the moss and skunk cabbage and yeah, really yeah. Cool. um my next question is i know did did you and cody uh start doing born and raised full-time right after land of the free one or did you guys know going into it that you were going to try and do this full-time
0: that's a great question so we went actually um We went to ATA. Uh, Man, I'm terrible about dates, but it was about three and a half years ago. And anyway, we had this idea for this project that we wanted to do called Land of the Free. And um, we pitched the project to all these sponsors is what we did. And just to see what kind of what kind of vibe that we got from them, if they would be on board with it, if they, you know, and uh, it turned out every single one that we went to, they said, yeah, we're in a hundred percent. And so then that's how we got the funding to do that project. And it was of that year, of that uh, year around, actually it's around this time of year, honestly, it was around March. Um, we, um, I, I went full-time and Cody did as well. And we both went full-time into doing that. And um, it was a big jump, man, a huge leap from what I, what I did before, so.
1: And um, I guess a follow up in a sense is, what was the scariest part about making that jump?
0: The scariest part was I- I'm. <sighs> The scariest part was just with the family and everything. Once you have a family, and and I've, uh, I'm married with two children. Once you have, you know, other people to take care of, you know, it's a different deal. It's it's a uh, it's something to where if it was just me, it would have been like, oh, if it doesn't work out. You just jump back to doing whatever, in which I could have honestly, and I, I, I it could have still happened, but. At the same time, it's like, you don't, you know, failure, you just don't want to fail at anything. You don't want to try something yeah. and then say, I tried it and then it, it didn't work out. You know, you want to succeed at stuff. And this has been our dream for a long time to build something that we can actually influence people in a positive light. And, you know, like you saying, you know, you, we've learned a bunch of stuff from our videos and stuff. That's oh, just yeah. just so awesome to hear because it's like, that's what we're, that's the main reason we're doing it. So we can maybe teach people through our mistakes, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, going to that, uh, for example, last year was really the, well, two years ago was the first year we really started doing the cat road shuffle and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And if, like, it felt like, oh, like we actually have a chance to kill an elk because where we were hunting around, we have a family cabin up around uh, Pinedale. And for like three years, it was like, if you jumped an elk in the timber, that was a good day. Like you were like, oh, oh my gosh, an elk. Uh, but then a couple years ago we started just cat road shuffle. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of logging up there and that's how we, you get around mostly. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh, you're hearing bulls bugle. I think the first three years I was hunting, I didn't hear a bull bugle up there. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, and it felt like, Oh man, we were getting ready to, it was sooner or later we were going to get an opportunity. And then the Roosevelt fire came in, shut everything down. And then actually crazy enough, October 28th uh we called in a bull rifle hunting to 15 yards
0: no kidding
1: I I shot him uh and never heard a bull bugle that late and it wasn't like a wimpy bugle or anything he full-on let one rip and came straight up probably the steepest face that we knew of in that drainage and uh ended up being my biggest bull and the biggest bull we've killed up there but that's awesome I told my dad I was like I was like, I never would have even thought about calling until we watched you guys. Like, I was like, that's just not how we did it. Like we cow call, like everybody does bow hunt. Right. But I was like, rifle hunting, it was glass. That's, that was, we hunted spots that we could glass that we knew there was elk. And I was like, who knows how many elk have been hanging out in these spots that we didn't see because we maybe didn't call or something like that. So it's just been
0: a game changer. That's awesome, man
1: that's Um, awesome that's really yeah so uh and then last year uh we had a buddy one of our hunting friends my dad called in a bull for him to seven yards and he shot oh good got it with his bow. good yeah
0: no anyway bow rifle anything man uh sometimes they will man it's it's a crazy that's the cool thing about Wyoming is you can hunt with a bow, and then you can just grab a gun if you don't get your. Yeah, you know, I did that a couple of years ago, and it was, it's just, uh, man, it's the land of opportunity.
1: Yeah, and it's actually really nice for my brother. He has cerebral palsy, uh-huh. so we can hunt the last week of October or September with our bows, kind of know where the elk are, and he can hunt five days before the rifle season. So usually they go in the first or second weekend of October and hunt elk with he, with, he can hunt with a rifle. Yeah. With oh, a that's rifle. awesome.
0: That's so cool.
1: Um, last year, uh, 400 yards from the truck, he shot a spike that they call deal. Good and deal. So that's being able to hunt both with a bow and rifle. It's made it nice for us. Cause we can kind of know like, Oh, this is where the elk are generally hanging out.
0: Absolutely. We made It
1: really nice for him. Cause we know, right where the elk are hanging out the last day of archery season.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. That is awesome. So,
1: um, my next question is, uh, before you guys became full-time, what was the most frustrating part, thing to deal with, with just only kind of doing it when you could, in a sense?
0: Yeah, I, I, we were very, very blessed as far as our wives were very on board with uh, with uh, us chasing our dream kind of thing. But it was still, you know frustrating to where we didn't know I guess it was more more unknown than frustrating like we were going to do five states in in you know in the time allotted for season we didn't have really anything to go off of like nobody really done that before so we didn't really have anybody to call and say hey what do we need what do we need to prepare for this and so it was just kind of a shoot from the hip kind of a deal and that was more more than that yeah it was it was just the the unknown of it was was pretty daunting but once we got into it once we started doing it and going from state to state it just kind of fell into place pretty much and and uh but that too and and then the money side of things and you know the family thing that's super frustrating as far as okay well we've got enough money for for you know the hunts and everything but we also have to live we also have to you know have our families have money as well and so that was you know that was pretty nerve-wracking as far as, and it still is, it's, it's always an ongoing thing, right? I mean, it's, uh, that's the whole thing about entrepreneurism. You just kind of, you just try to set yourself up all the time for the next, for the next thing, you know, and, and be ready for it. And so, so I would say, yeah, probably that just, just just the unknown,
1: you know? Okay. Yeah. uh, The unknown, I know for sure. Just even being in college, I'm sure it's (laughs) nothing like you guys but my, Gosh, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Cause I'm about to graduate. I have no idea. Like where, like, I'm like, Oh gosh,
0: that's okay so, though. That's okay. How old are you?
1: Uh, I just turned 22 in January. Yeah. So.
0: You're in good shape, man. You got a lot of time left. Just, I would yeah. just, I would recommend go and explore everything, explore everything that you want to do.
1: Yeah. Next, uh, I'm actually, I have to be here one more fall. I'm getting, I decided to get a minor in outdoor leadership. So Nice. Right now, the biggest unknown is trying to find an internship for this summer. So <laughs> cool. that's the biggest unknown at, at, on my plate right now, which is nothing compared to what you guys have had to deal with with unknowns. Oh, oh no!
0: Oh no! It's all the same. It's just different different aspects, right?
1: Yeah. So, what are like some mistakes that you uh, you would tell somebody that you made to avoid like on the entrepreneur side of things? not maybe hunting, but that you guys learned very quickly, like, okay, don't do this.
0: Yeah. Uh, man, I could write a book probably of mistakes that we've made, but, uh, no, when we, when we came out with, uh, with land of the free, honestly, it was, um, it was just me and Cody. So we shot the whole thing, uh, with, ca- you know, camera film, filmed the whole thing. And, uh, it took, where it was like 53 days or so to film it. And, um, Right after that, we took a week off. We came back home. We took a week off to spend with our families because we hadn't been home in in over a month and a half. And then we jumped right into editing. And that was the part that was super, super daunting because it was just me and Cody. We were putting out a video a day. That was what we decided to do. That was our goal. And that was what we posed to everybody because we're going to do a day by day series so you can see exactly in real time kind of what we went through and the trials and tribulations of elk hunting five different states. And so that's exactly what we did. And, um, knowing then what i know now it would have been so nice to have some help with that you know just because it was just it was every day there was no days off it was seven days a week so every single weekend and like i said prior cody and i live about an hour and a half away from each other so it's either me going over to his place we have an office over there where he lives or him coming over to my office over my house here so it's it was one of those things where it was every single day clear till christmas eve we didn't have a day off one It was, uh, it was, and we were finishing the videos that morning, sometimes, sometimes that day at five to be to post it that day. And uh, then you'd start working on the next day's video after that. So it, that was the daunting, daunting task that man, if we would have maybe just had a little bit of help with that, you know, it would have went so much smoother probably and uh, allowed us a little more breathing room. But I think, you know, sometimes I think struggle isn't bad. You know, I think sometimes struggle actually makes, makes it what it is. And I think in that realm, I think it really made the videos what they were.
1: So I know like uh, land of the free one, I can't remember if two, but you guys had uncuts at the end yeah. of the video. And I know the fans, including myself, loved them. They were oh, cool. They were great to watch, but Was that an added stressor to that editing process and stuff like that?
0: Really was. It really was because we had to shoot them that day so we could answer questions from the day before. So instead of like working on a film and getting it done and just posting it on And you kind of know how YouTube works, I think. You can post it and just leave it, you know, and and, and then have it upload itself at the certain time that you want. But we were, like, shooting those uncuts that same day and then chopping those uncuts up and then throwing them on the end of the video that same day and then uploading. So you'd have to do it every single day. And we did that for the first two seasons. And, uh, yeah, it was a huge, huge undertaking.
1: Yeah, it just – I mean, because I know one time Cody did one. And he was saying like, well, this video is going to be up late because it's like 4.55 right now and I'm just starting the uncut. Yeah. And I remember thinking, watching, I think it was one with an uncut with Brady and trail after trail shot uh, that bull in Wyoming and land of the free two and thinking this has to just be a lot of not uh, annoying work, but it's just got to be that added little bit of stress on top of everything else already that you've got to deal with.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely – it was definitely a whole different job that we had to take into consideration in each and every video rather than just having a library of them ready to rock and roll. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, did, you never did, so.
1: I will say one thing I liked about them was the interaction with the fans. I think that's probably what I'm sure everybody loved about them was that interaction yeah. that had. Yeah. But I definitely see how that can be uh, – Uh. And
0: that's what now I think – I think we kind
1: of – it was –
0: Honestly, it was total burnout at some point, you know, towards the, towards the end and everything um, as far as that goes, but we saw the validity in them because it was just so much engagement with the audience. It was so awesome. So I I think moving forward, like in the future, maybe not every single video, but we'll definitely try to do more recaps on the end of videos and stuff. And it's fun to do if you're not doing them every day for two
1: months straight. So I guess a follow-up to that, like, when you when you guys are editing at the beginning, did it was it kind of fun to kind of go back through and stuff and and make those uncuts and put together that video? But then by the end, was it kind of like you're when you got it done? You're just like, oh, thank you.
0: Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's always fun to go through on hunts that the thing about that, that that, that side of things was. We didn't kill something every day, obviously, and so sometimes you'll be editing in a video where we just walk through the woods tooting on a flute, pretty much, and you know, and we don't even hear a bugle sometimes that day. So you've got to try to, and that was what when when we were shooting it as well, uh, filming it. We, it was just like, okay, what. We try to make it, we kind of try, try we, we try to call it a what wind did we have today? Like what did we do? Did we, you know, did we shoot a grouse or did we catch some fish or did we get a close encounter, you know, and everything. And 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 some days there was just no winds at all. It was just us suffering in the middle of the backcountry, hiking another, you know, whatever, however many miles, you know, seven, ten miles and being like, nothing happened at all today, you know. So you had to try to like like right so even then in the uncuts it was like okay well what good can we say about today there wasn't a lot of good and that's when I did the shout outs and I I we we implemented other things in that and um anyway to make those videos kind of really roll on and and to and so people would actually have a little bit more enjoyment maybe watching them too
1: yeah I mean as an elk hunter I definitely know those days where there's like you're out there it's two o'clock and you're like what are we even doing it feels oh, like we're just wandering here and then you get home you're like
0: "And you're home you're like why what do i edit what what is there to even edit here i don't know yeah. what to do you know
1: but then when you do like even if like just when you hear that bugle that's yeah. like that you're like "Yeah, oh, yeah this is why i keep doing this yeah
0: no you're right you're exactly right
1: um so this, I'm not going to lie, my questions, they're kind of all over the place because they just kind I wrote them down as I was thinking of them. But so just to kind of jump to like this year and kind of last year, um, how, like, how did work for you guys? Um, how was it affected by COVID and like, how have you guys had to adapt?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it was weird, like a year ago, probably right about now, you know, somewhere in, in now, um it was it just hit and right off the bat everybody's kind of wondered what is this and what is it going to lead to and everything you know and and so then you know we did our masking and stuff like that and where i live i I live in a really really, real small small town i don't live in a big city or nothing like that so it was a little bit kind of weird i would say just because you know you go downtown nobody's wearing a mask it's like normal going coming and going. And then after a few months, then everybody, you know, it started cracking down and, and on our videos, we'd wear masks when we, when we were needing to, I guess, you know, in certain places and stuff. And, but uh, we were pretty, I don't know, not too strict on it, but, it was that whole part of not knowing the unknown, right. Of how yeah. bad could it be and how bad is this and stuff. And, and now you're into it uh, we've kind of seen the effects of it and stuff. And, and I think for the elderly, I think it is definitely, you know, or, or unhealthy, you know, people and stuff. I, I think it with pre conditions, it's definitely a concern. Um, but, um, but yeah, like around where we're at, it hasn't, it's, it's a kind of a smaller town feel. So we still wear masks and stuff like just, you know, as of right now, we're still every time we go downtown or anywhere, it's, you have to have a mask on.
1: So, so did, did you guys end up having to go and work from home or like, were you guys, you and Cody still able to go into the office and do stuff like that?
0: Right. So like, uh, like I was saying, the zoom chat, you know, I we'd never zoomed anything or done anything like this before that. <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah, no, it was, and it's actually kind of cool because we can stay home and then, you know, and do this. So yeah, we both, we kind to not went our separate ways, we still met every once in a while, but Cody and I, we, we each have separate offices. And, um, so a lot of times like yesterday, I went to the office and then might be, I don't know, I might go in Friday again. So usually it's, you know, two to so days a week now that I, we're all, we're together working on something, but that's the cool thing about like computers and zoom and stuff. We can, we can work together efficiently and not have to be in the same place. So yeah, pretty good
1: yeah I know uh when COVID hit uh us we were me and my roommate were actually in New Orleans on spring break and oh boy our last night there it went from like kind of like everybody having a good time to the streets were empty granted it only took us 15 minutes to get to our flight the next morning (laughs) uh it was we got to our flight like three hours before it even took off and it was nobody was in the uh airport it was it was strange there for It's me. crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. just
0: weird how the world shut down. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's, it's been odd, especially kind of living in cuz Laramie and Green River, they're like kind of polar opposites. It seems like on the whole mask, mask debate. Yep, yep. Um, you know, uh, Laramie's mostly college students and right. a lot of them are wearing masks, but you go to my hometown not a lot of people were wearing masks and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I typically do just cause I have my gran- grandparents or, well, my grandma's in particular, she's like in that high risk category.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: and I told my dad, like we wear them. Cause I told my dad, I was like, I am not going to be the one that gives, gives it to grandma. I was Doesn't like, look good. Not, not going to be me. Family unions
0: after that aren't, aren't that well. They don't, yeah. they don't go over that well.
1: No. So I've, But it's just weird seeing how different places, even in the same state, have reacted to it and seeing how businesses are operating different in different places. Um,
0: Yeah, it's going to change business as we know it, definitely.
1: Yeah, and uh, I worked for a newspaper this summer in Rock Springs, and uh, me and my editor were talking about this story that he was writing over the, the airport there, and I just told him, I was like, not only is this gonna like this is gonna change so many like businesses. Like yeah. I told him, I was like, I bet airplane air uh, air travel changes forever, uh, and I was like, I'm sure small businesses they're gonna change forever, and ha- people are gonna have in a way a security blanket for when, if things happen like this. Like I was like, this changes everything in a sense. Yeah,
0: no, it definitely will definitely, and it already has on a lot of different different platforms definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, uh, you know, what, what has been the hardest thing for you guys running a business like you guys are running, but like multimedia business in a sense where you're posting YouTube videos, podcasts, and then selling merchandise mostly all online.
0: Correct. Yeah. No, the, the hardest part I would say about it is just keeping the engine running you know, and just trying to figure out Trying to be a little bit forward thinking and knowing and, and figuring out what's the next best thing, you know, so we did land of the free, and we did 1.0 and 2.0, we didn't really want to just keep on, you know, three, four five. So we wanted to kind of switch things up. And, and it's, <clears throat> when we did that, I think we kind of, I will say we kind of revolutionized, I think, YouTube hunting. as oh, you percent know, I think a lot of people after that went to that, that model and, which is cool. That's we, we yeah, there's no animosity at all from us on that end, but at the same time, it's like, what's the next, what's the next thing, you know, what's the next best thing. So we always keep on just, you know, ch- trying different things and heading down different avenues and trying to see what sticks is what we've done. And, and um, anyway, it's been, it's been really, really good. And it's been really hard at times, you know, as far as, there's certain things that we've done that just didn't work. It's just like, okay, that does not work. You know, how do we, you know, switch gears and do something else? And and uh, that's that's just the whole thing. It's it's always evolving. Social media is like faster than fast. Like something you put up, it's gone. You know, yeah. before you even get it up. So
1: we, uh, I took a social <clears throat> media class this fall, and halfway through the semester, the textbook changed. Yeah. Like, and I was like, what just happened? Like. All this stuff I just learned for this test is 100 different. Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, just trying to stay ahead on that game, I'm sure is difficult. But I know you guys completely with Land of the Free revolutionized how hunting on films are made on YouTube. Because I know the next year when we did we did a day by day series, just because hey, it I, oh, might be easier to edit. And but I was like. I was like oh, but then I can kind of go through too I was like in a way for myself I can see what happened every day yeah completely changed the game everybody now it seems like it has a day by day series of some sort yeah like Randy Newberg even though most of his contents still on Amazon he does all day by day stuff on YouTube yeah I mean every you guys changed the way it's being done and I personally, myself, prefer the, watching the day-by-day stuff. I oh, like, do you? I, I love watching The Struggle because I'm like, I've been there. I know how that feels. <laughs>
0: well, I, like, I like just watching just to, uh, when we're successful. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, well, because I, I was telling my dad, I was like, I think the reason I like watching you guys and Hush so much is, you know, when you watch the people on TV, it's always like action-packed. And I, it, in a way, makes you guys more relatable. To me okay in a sense yeah. you know what i mean yeah because no like, that's awesome i i've been there i know how exactly how they feel and uh so i that's why i like it it may it, like i feel like i relate to you guys more i'm like oh okay like it they're definitely,
0: it definitely showcases the struggle more right yeah
1: i'm like i i'm like okay at least i'm not just really really bad at this <laughs> Oh man, definitely below average still, but oh no,
0: no, 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 no.
1: We're we're getting better. We're trying to. It's. I will say it. I first year. This was the first year I was ever able to take a week off, mm-hmm. to go hunting, Good. and uh, which helped and hurt. I remember one night, I ended up sitting on a wallow because I had to zoom into a class, and I'm sitting there. My professor is asking me a question. And I have a bull bugling coming into the wallow, and I'm like trying oh, to be God.
0: quiet.
1: Yeah, luckily I had headphones in, and I was just like, "She was like, Chase, are you gonna answer my question?" And I'm like, "Hold on, I'm hunting right now. There's a bull coming." Like, and luckily she was cool about it. And she's just like, "Okay, well, just you know, come back to class when it's all said and done." And you're uh, better
0: than me, man. I think I would have just went click, turn that, turn the phone off. Yeah,
1: I well, I about just. And left the class, but I was like, well, I've already missed the class once and like half of my grade is just showing up.
0: Okay, yeah, that uh, makes sense.
1: That makes sense. But, that makes sense. Uh I could decide one time I looked over at the screen and like every the whole class is just silent they're just watching me. Like everybody <laughs> just one I have one kid that uh, I know hunts and he's just laughing hysterically because I left my mic on and you can hear this bull bugling as he's no, coming and so the one kid's laughing hysterically. Everybody's just like, doesn't know what's happening. And it was a mess. I didn't even get a chance to shoot at the bull, but.
0: Hey, it was he still a cool story.
1: One of the biggest bulls I've ever seen. I was like, oh my God. I called my dad on the radio after he went up over the ridge and I was like, I know where we're coming tomorrow.
0: It's good call.
1: It's <laughs> so good call. never saw him again, but uh So what are some keys to success that you guys have like taken advantage of that you recognized right away that you were like, Oh, this is something we need to get on right away.
0: Keys to success would be sticking with it. That's, I think that's a lot of, especially in the YouTube spectrum right now, I get a lot of people, I don't know. How do I do it? How do I, how do I get, you know, do the job that you have or something like that? And it's a simple, simple, simple question. It's just, start doing something and don't stop. And it's, it's tough because, you know, you want to see it pay off overnight and then you want to see it pay off in the first month and then you want to see it pay off. You know what I mean? And it just doesn't happen. Sometimes it's like, we put all of our stuff online, we put everything, all of our old DVD stuff uh, we cut it all up and then put it out as individual hunts as well. And um, it, it took, it took a long time to get legs, you know, for people to start watching it and for people, to um, To engage in the in the in the content, so it's just repetition, man. That is the big key to a lot of it. It's just keep on and don't stop. So then we, you know, then we started doing social media and started doing Instagram. Then we started doing Facebook, and then we had an email. So we would put out an email every once in a while just to get those different facets out there. You know, just to get those different pillars of a business around it, and then you know, and then the podcast on top of that, and it just it's, it's all these different things that, um, yeah, it's sometimes going to be like herding cats a little bit.
1: Um, so I guess on, an, on another note,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what, what would you say has been your favorite part of this journey? And then like a follow-up to that out of all the video you, you guys have made deer, elk hunting, fishing, what do you think your personal favorite memory of, or video is of that?
0: I get asked that all the time. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, most of the time, I don't know if I have an answer to the second question, but. Um,
1: tough question to answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, the my favorite part of what I get to do, honestly, is this like this right here. To hear stories of, wow, because of what you guys did and, and some of the stuff that we've watched that you guys did, I actually did this and it was successful for me, right? Or, just down to the simple, Hey, I, you know, watched your guys' stuff and I went out in the woods the other day with my family and took a camping trip or whatever it may be. Um, The influence, you know, being an influencer, if you will, I guess, is just that, you know, you can influence in a lot of different ways. And, and if you can be positive and uplifting and, show kid, show stuff that any kid can watch any kid can any youngster can watch any of our stuff and um anyway that's that's important to us that's super important and and just just the stories like like you told earlier you know um that that's what gets that's what inspires me honestly about this whole thing that's my favorite part of it
1: yeah i mean you guys are the only reason i probably actually even want to go out of the state to try and hunt out. Like it's I got a, a desire to do it until I want. You live it. in
0: Wyoming, so I don't. I don't know why you would. I guess, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, It's neat. I will say, just an adventure. You know, just uh, even if you go to a different part of your state or something like that, it, it's the whole thing around. You know, you get to research the spots. You get to, you know, and it's you're hunting instead of just hunting in September. You can hunt twenty four seven because we've got the use of the internet, and Google Earth, and, and Onyx Maps. Yeah. All these different things that we can, you know, utilize in the off season. And then it's, it's, it's that whole leading up to part of the hunt is, is super, super important. I think, and, and adds to a lot of the fun of the two.
1: Yeah. I know for me, even just coming across the state to hunt elk in a different mountain range was a daunting task for me. Yeah. I don't even know how I would, how like i now I kind of have the idea of like where I would start on an out of state hunt but just even coming across the state, not even having to worry about getting tags or anything was yep. still like, probably not even gonna see any elk. Like, <laughs> probably how it's gonna go. We're probably not gonna see any elk. And But little did I, I learned very quickly that this mountain range, I could literally pull off the road anywhere and yeah. probably find elk. And if I, if I was a big deer hunter, this would not be my place, but it's right. definitely my kind of mountain range for elk hunting.
0: Yeah, no, sometimes getting out of our comfort zones, man, getting outside of our comfort zones and pushing ourselves a little bit, it definitely is, is good. It's good for us, I believe.
1: Yeah, this mountain range in particular really made me change the way I hunted because I was used to hunting like the Wyoming range. Oh, yeah. A lot of it's really open. I mean, that's, I've hunted probably almost the entire entirety of that mountain range and a lot of, I can glass a lot, and, right. but like here it's, All of it's just lodgepole timber from the bottom mountain all the way up. There's only a few spots that we have that it's like, yeah, you can sit down in glass. And we try and leave those spots to rifle hunt. Uh, But this year, one of those spots, that's where all the elk were. Granted, we had a crazy snowstorm on Labor Day, and it dumped a foot and a half of snow down here. Oh, wow. And That's a lot. it went from the top of the mountain, all the elk just stopped rutting. All the bulls were by themselves, to we went to a spot that we were like oh there's probably not even elk here yet and it was like oh they're everywhere couldn't that's stop nice. them from bugling but that's always fun um so how has your your day-to-day life changed because you were a logger before correct
0: yeah yeah i cut timber so i was a timber faller for 18 years before i went full-time doing this so um it's changed a lot. Um, the hours are totally different, you know, usually cutting timber, you wake up at, you know, anywhere from three to five in the morning and, you know, get to the, wherever you're cutting at at daylight and work and then, and then come home and this, uh, with this job, I, it's been really, really cool. I get to take my kids to school and, um, sorry about that. Call. um i get to take my kids to school you know and um i never never got to do that before and that that was really cool to be able to be home for that in the mornings and stuff not always can i do that but on a on a you know a more basis than before by far so yeah it's just the hours and the other thing is now I have to work out before working in the woods. I didn't ever, you know, you just didn't have to work out really. And, yeah. and, you were, and so now you have to keep in shape and, and do that. So anyway, being,
1: that's my biggest struggle right now. Yeah. Like I'm 22. I can do whatever I want. But then I, my dad, he's 49, just beat me <laughs> on the mountain. And it was embarrassing. We were yeah. packing out an elk. Our friend shot a five point only a mile from the truck we were packing it out. I thought I was going to die. By the time, like halfway there, my dad's just, and I'm like, okay, I need to start working out. I can't let this happen again.
0: (laughs) No, it's definitely, it'll, it'll, it'll humble you, won't
1: it? Yeah. Uh, and really that's only the third elk I've packed out. And the first one, uh, was, we had four of us and it was all downhill no timber to climb over. Once you got to the Creek bottom horse trail, second one, it was right down, all downhill on a logging road. Really? So this was the first one that it was like, I had to like, in a way, actually really pack out because the first bull, I was 14, 15, couldn't carry much. Right, right. My dad and our buddy did most of it. And so I was just, I think I carried a front shoulder and the antlers. And then the, uh, this bull, I carried the hind quarter and the back straps. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's a
0: that's a that's a weight, man. Yeah, That's a, that's a like, lot of weight.
1: Like, who? Oh. I was like, I've packed out half it. I was like, probably my heaviest pack was half the deer we packed out a couple of years ago, but that was yeah. all fat on a closed road. Right, right. But um so if is there anything like when you look back now that you would do different if you could?
0: Um man. No, I, I don't know. I've never been a I've never been a guy that just like it's always, you know, well, I, would, I wish I wouldn't have done that, you know, kind of thing. Because I, I think we learn from some of the stuff that we do. You know, I think that's that's a huge lesson. I think it's it's a big, important thing for our, each one of us to learn from our failures or or our successes as well. So um, no, there's nothing that I would say I would you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Um, I wish I would have, honestly, when we first started. Uh, You mentioned it way earlier. Um, In 07, honestly, we had a guy helping us edit our videos and teaching us how a little bit. And um, anyway... He says, have you guys ever thought about putting your stuff on YouTube? This was in uh, infancy of YouTube, you know, and uh, we were just like, yeah, no, that's just crazy cat videos. No, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Right when the
1: DVDs were popular, but YouTube was just starting. Just
0: barely on on the map, you know, and uh, man, if we would have uploaded everything to YouTube back then, I couldn't imagine. You know, it would, yeah, I don't know how much different it would be, honestly, but it would definitely be different, you know, as far as today. So, but, you know, you live and you learn. It's just one of those things where it's kind of funny to hear, you know, someone ask, advising us to do, you know, what we ended up uh, ultimately doing and us saying, ah, no, absolutely not, you know.
1: Um, is there anything you took from your last job that you were like, that translated really well into this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, um, work ethic, man. Uh, it's very, very important as far as having a good work ethic and actually, you know, showing up on time and all of these things. Uh, my old job, I had to have a partner everywhere, you know, because cutting timber is a dangerous thing, and so you're always working with a partner, and so you have to have accountability when you're doing that kind of stuff, and you have to, you know, you have to, you have to be there for them just as much as they are there for you, and so translating that over into what I do now. It's, um, it's definitely a work ethic thing. I mean, in order to do what we do, you gotta, you've got to have those things in place to make it grow. Right. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, I'm glad my, my parents taught me that at a young age to work hard and to, you know, to just stay at it. And, and uh, that would be definitely one of the things that I've brought over.
1: Um. So I know like you just said that cutting timber is pretty uh, a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, cause I've, I've worked in a uh, trona mine and oil field. Um, like I've taken a lot of the safety procedures over into hunting. Have, has there been any safety precautions that you learned from cutting timber that you were like, maybe we should like imp- use this system when, when hunting just. Yeah, I'm
0: not, I'm probably not the, I'm <laughs> I'm not great at that kind of stuff as far as like I've all, you know, I've had a numer- number of CPR classes and, and stuff like that and, and learned how to do tourniquets and stuff. I would say basic first aid, stuff like that and safety. Um, but I will say, like, the older that we all get, I mean, back in the, when we started, we were, you know, felt superhuman, right? You know, yeah. like, You know, and uh, anyway, and so definitely like slowing down and pacing yourself and stuff like that, I think are very, very important things especially when you're going to be hunting for a long period of time you know i'm talking weeks on end it's not a sprint it's a marathon and you need to treat it like one you know so that kind of stuff yeah definitely
1: um yeah i know right now it's still like i hear a bugle a mile away 45 minutes before dark and i'm like we can get there
0: we can make it we can <laughs> make get it
1: there and it's dark and i can't see my pins and i'm like well now we're a mile further from the truck yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: Um, if you could give someone like, like myself advice on getting into the outdoor industry, whether it's doing what you guys are doing or a job in that industry, what, what would you say uh, to that person? Um,
0: first thing I would say is be honest to yourself. I would say, you know, don't be someone that you're not. Don't try to be, you know, be someone that people want to watch. Be everybody else. everybody out there has their own style of video that they want to watch. And you know, I guarantee your style will be um, as far as enough viewership, you know, to make it work. So don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to, you know, do a lot of fake stuff. I think there's a lot of people out there that are trying to do fake stuff just to get views or likes or whatever. People will like you for what you do if you show that, you know, so that's a big piece of advice that I would have. Um, and sticking with it, like I said before, man, it's not, it's, it's another thing that's a giant marathon. It's not a sprint. So if something doesn't stick, you know, if you put out a video and it doesn't get a lot of views or whatnot, uh, you just, you know, just stick with it and stay, stay the course and, um, stick true to yourself. And and I guarantee you'll succeed in
1: time. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think since we've, oh nice it's snowing um (laughs) uh, since we kind of started i mean started brothers in the wild um Mm -hmm. really it only kind of we started taking it any somewhat seriously my freshman year of college um and we had like a couple other videos like when i was a junior senior in high school i filmed my brother shoot a deer and we have a doe antelope hunt, i think Mm -hmm. but then like my freshman year of college you know it was like oh we're gonna do this like in as I mean even last year we did one video and uh all everybody who has watched it that I like friends and stuff they're like that was hands down the funniest video I think I've ever seen um cool hunting wise but you know it's still like one of those things like my hunting friend buddy he's like like man you know like we got like our highest video is like it's over 2,000 views but it, you post it like three years ago and it's a duck hunt and I'm like yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know why. Like that's our highest speed one. I was like, we have other ones. Like, I was like Cooper's Antelope Punts, like has a lot of views. I was like, but I was like, you know what? Like we have 70 subscribers. Like, mm-hmm. like I told him, I was like, I'm not expecting much right now. I'm doing it. Cause I love, like to do it. Yeah. But I said, uh, I was like, I was like, it's one of those things, like you got to just go after it and just you do even and that's if, another
0: big piece of advice I would give too. It's like, I think that the thing that made us you know, it it took us from dabbling in it to actually making a profession out of it is we had those, we approached it from a business standpoint, right? So, I mean, when we went into YouTube, with Cody and I, we sat down and we wrote out a business plan. And I mean, so you have a business strategy, you have your, you know, what is the motto? What, what, what do you want to do with this business? What vision do you have, you know, and, and ours has always been to, um, to, entertain, educate, and inspire people. And that was, and if, it, if we can make a video that does any one of those three pillars, then that's kind of in our wheelhouse. So what I would say is definitely like treat it like a business as well, because it, it, I mean, we are running, a. you know, we may just make YouTube videos and stuff like that, but it is definitely a business. So you have to treat it like one and go about it like that as well.
1: Yeah, this is the first year I can say I've actually done that. Um, right when I got back down here, me and my buddy sat down and we were like, what do we want people to get from our video? Like, cool. this is what we want to do. What do we want people to get Yeah, from it? And I think ours was um, in, inspire, educate, but then uh, having fun. and like, Because yep. I think there's a time when I'm not laughing when we're like, except for like in the moment. Yeah. Um, but every other time there's always something funny happening. And I was like, I want somebody to like, know, like, this is like, don't take it so serious.
0: There you go. Like I know
1: sometimes I take it way too serious, but I was like, I want people not to, to know, like you're out there for the love of it, not for to kill something. Sure. That
0: yeah, is just, just guaranteed. That's if you go about it like that, I guarantee you'll be, you'll be successful.
1: Um, so I got my last few questions here. Um, Okay, i I think there's probably about seven um you know how how big of a risk in the outdoor industry is too big of a risk does that make sense
0: too big of a risk um not uh, yeah um i guess in what i guess as far as like what that pertains to i'm not sure but um the way that i i guess i interpret the question is like Too big of a risk would be doing something illegal, I guess, in the outdoor industry to get the views, to get the likes, to, you know. And I'm talking, you know, well, there's a, you know, a 350 inch bull, but it's on private property, but nobody even knows it's private property and I'll go hunt it anyway, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Don't, don't risk doing stuff like that, you know. I think that kind of side of things is, and it goes back to be true to yourself. You know, if you just be honest and film that bull across there and say, Hey, that's a 350 inch bull. I could probably kill that bull right now, but I can't because it's private property. That's going to make people like in the end, then going and actually doing it and possibly getting caught for it later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where the honesty and, and being true thing.
1: I know uh, a few years ago, uh, the wild something happened with the Wild Game Nation, one of those guys. Oh, really? And it's actually, I know, I, if I remember right, one of them shot a cow elk and by accident, but then shot the bull that was there too. Oh, um, and I remember seeing a picture of the bull and actually sending it to my dad when the whole thing was going on and be like, Hey, we saw this bull because at that, those that, that year we were hunting up where they had their ranch. Up oh, the, really? Yeah, so there's a couple of times we drove out from archery hunting and that herd with that big bull standing in the hayfield. And I told my dad, I was like, I was like, Oh, Hey, like they killed that bull that we were watching. And then like two weeks later, it was like all over the news. And I was like, Oh, well, that's, Bastard. that's not good. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, cause I, I know like my dad's been there where he's had, he hit one year, he had a He's like, it was the craziest thing. He had a cow standing perfectly in front of a bull and it looked like the cow had antlers. Mm-hmm. So he shot the cow and this big bull took off. And he was like, "Oh well, I, don't know. I mean, the bull ran 10 yards, stopped and looked. My dad's like, I could have shot the bull, but.
0: I, I already shot one. So. Good for him.
1: Um, and next, uh, you know, what would, what would you say the reason? Uh, I got to re- read this carefully because it's kind of worded a little weird. Go for what it. would you say is the reason most people fail at something uh, like you guys are doing right now in that industry? Why would you say somebody fails?
0: I would say just like we talked before, uh, not having a plan going into it. I mean, you can post a lot of stuff. You can just throw anything online and just hit, you know, and post it and just be like, well, I don't understand why you know why it's I'm not succeeding or whatever people aren't watching it or whatever and and having a plan going into it just being like okay if that didn't work let's try this or let's try you know a different kind of hunt or let's try whatever it may be um and then the second to that would be just not sticking with it just you know thinking i think we live in a day and age now where it's just like everybody wants that that success overnight you know they just want to just you know tomorrow i should be good to go man it takes a lot of work and a lot of a lot of time and uh, building that library and stuff like that it it, it it takes you know a lot of effort
1: so um I have two questions to uh this one um how fast would you say it takes someone to experience success in in this field because in like what would you say is the difference, uh, in how people measure success? Mm,
0: Yeah, no, that's a good question. Uh, As far as the answer to that, man, I I don't know. I mean, there's been people like that just come out and just really blown the doors off of YouTube and the hunting space and, and done really well with their views and stuff. But I will say like, I do know a lot of different companies that, you know, have been at it for a long time and, um, Anyway, and it's paid off way more. Just big, just just repetition and doing the same thing over and over, and just uh, consistent content, you know, and and stuff like that. It seems like it it pays off in the end way better than this the overnight success, the quote unquote viral videos, you know, and uh, people a lot of times will put. You know they call it clickbait. You know, so they're just making you want to click on the picture and making you want to, you know. And then once you watch the video, it has nothing to do with what you said the video was about, right? So I've
1: had that happen to me.
0: Yeah, and it's like, oh man, but they still got you to click on it, right? So it's like those type of things is um, it's going to get you maybe instant views, but it's the longevity of it is sometimes it's it's not there, so. That kind of thing is what I would say.
1: Um, so I guess from 2007 to now, for you guys, like how you measure success, how how has that changed? Um,
0: yeah, at first we didn't even know if it would work. <laughs> we had no idea, man. When We went to these companies and asked them, hey, you know, would you support us in doing this and stuff like that? We just thought it was going to be, honestly, it was going to be that season. And then we were going to, you know, be able to edit the footage and stuff for another two months after season and then put it up and then go back to our normal jobs. Honestly, right off the bat, that's what we thought. And we thought that was, you know, the realistic way to look at it. And um, anyway, and then in just doing that, we just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And kept at it to make a living out of it so from then till now I, I would never have guessed I would be sitting here talking to you like this uh even five years ago probably I would never guess I would be able to do something like this so yeah it's been a huge blessing um
1: yeah I will say if I was actually school-wise if I was still my other major I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you so <laughs> so success for me is definitely in. I've learned a lot just in the last couple of years about life in general. So that's cool. Uh, what would you say is the biggest obstacle, maybe not just you, but like born and raised as an entirety has overcame as a business.
0: Yeah. Um, the biggest obstacle is turning something that you really enjoy and just you're passionate about and you love turning that into a living, making a living on that was the biggest obstacle as far as just trying to, you know, we loved elk hunting we, we set out just to make a video, honestly, like I was saying about Roosevelt elk hunting and turning that passion for that into making a living and um, being able to, you know, influence people in a positive light. That's actually, it's been a huge hurdle on how to do that and how to get that out there to people so people can watch it. And um, that's, it's easily, You know easily to be viewed so probably that much it was a huge hurdle for us
1: um so i know i've heard some people talking about like their passions like and turning them into jobs and then them losing that fire Mm -hmm. i guess were you maybe worried about like having this become a full-time thing but then losing the passion for filming and editing and stuff like that
0: so this year, I didn't even hunt. I never even carried a weapon this whole last season. And I did that for a reason, honestly. It's just I wanted to feel the same fire in me, you know, as I did back, back in the day, you know. And, and I think that's a great question. And, yes, I would say, you know, you, when, you, when, you turn your, when you turn something into a job, sometimes it, it feels like a job. But I think you, I think that is, you know, the way with life and the way with anything. So what I've done is, is kind of now my passion is a little bit diverted, just a little bit. It's not me going out and having to kill an elk and, and, you know, kill a deer or whatever that may be. It's I love to actually take people and help people. And so I can relive that passion of when I did it, you know, for the first time, or, you know, had my first elk experience or heard my first bugle or whatever that may be. And to see that through other people's eyes and be able to film that and to be able to live that with them, that has actually been what sparked my passion in the last, the last couple few years. So it, it, it hasn't, it hasn't went away. It's just changed a little bit for me as
1: far as that goes. Um. So uh, my last question, um, if you were me, what is one question you would ask yourself?
0: Wow, hold on. Okay, if I was you, what's one question I would ask myself? What tags am I gonna draw in Wyoming this year? No, (laughs) no, um, (laughs) no. at the stage that you are now, uh, and if you wanna do this for a living, um, I, I guess I'd ask myself, do I? do I have the drive and do I have enough of getting rejected and people saying, you know, well, I don't think you can do that. Or people, you know, that kind of side of things. I think, I think that's what I would ask myself and, and, and be like, you know what, do I have what it takes to take this thing all the way to the next level where I want it to be. And I would write that out. If I was you, I would take it, I would write it down and say, okay, here's my, here's my one week goal. Okay. And it may be just printing, just making a video. And then here's my one month goal. Here's my one year goal. Here's my three year goal. And here's my five year goal. And so I would put those things out and then like make a timeline of like, okay, what is achievable for me? What is achievable for what I want to do here, and I, I would, I would definitely. That's the, that's the, uh, Excuse me. Those are the questions that I would ask myself, and just say, okay, is this possible? Can I do it? And do I have the time and the backing and the support to do this? And and I just lay those things out.
1: Yeah, I, I wish I would have talked to you my freshman year at college. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, that's all the questions I have. Um, that I can think of, I could have thought of since uh, we set this up. Um, yeah, I
0: think you did a great job, man. I think you yeah. did a great job.
1: Thank you. Um, thanks again for taking the time. Huge fan. Uh, you guys look up to you guys a lot, so I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're probably really busy, so.
0: but Well, thank you, man. No, I appreciate it. Anything I can do. Um moving forward or anything um help you out with or anything like that just uh, let me know and uh, i can all i can speak from is you know from what we've done so i, I you know I'm, that's all i know but um at the same time if i can help you out anyway as far as that goes with any advice just let me know man.
1: okay um if you guys are ever i'm sure you will be hunting in wyoming and need an extra backpack or set of eyes uh if i'm close by give me a shoot me an email or something I'll try and make it so
0: copy that but, definitely definitely
1: uh, yeah thanks for taking the time again and uh hope you have a good day and good week and can't wait to see what you guys come out with next absolutely man it was great meeting you brother yeah it was great to meet you too thank you again all right see you bud see you.